Thank you so much for joining The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I am your host, Sharon Feckety, the author of The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I hope you will go on Amazon and purchase the book or download it on Audible and listen to the book so you can get some more insight as to why I decided to start this podcast show a few years ago and continue the conversation. You're going to hear from professionals. You're going to hear from people with lived experience, those that struggle with anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. Uh, You're going to listen to people that have recovered. Uh, You're going to hear resources about how you can navigate through this broken road to mental health and life in a business. And you will certainly be hearing me talk about the importance of having this discussion in business today. That is what I speak about at conferences, and I hope that you will take it seriously. We need to speak more about mental health in the workplace. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please be sure to tell somebody you know that might be struggling to subscribe, to listen, to watch and share it with others. You are not alone on this broken road to mental health. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the broken road to mental health or welcome back to the broken road to mental health show. I have somebody here for you today that I know you're all going to love. Why? Because I think she's awesome. I already know that. So there you go. Um, I don't really have many people on here that I, I know personally, so I always feel good that I have have a connection already. I love the work that this guest is doing in the world, and I love when people bring whatever their medicine is to this broken road. So with that, I'd like to welcome Melina Postolowski. How are you? Doing well. How are you today? I'm doing great. All right. Well, I want everybody to know a little bit about you before we carry on this conversation. I'll give it some framework here. So in 2022, Milena was one of the first 60 therapists on a national level to attend a private professional retreat in Costa Rica. (laughs) Focusing on utilizing psychedelics in psychotherapy, representing 20 clinicians from the state of Florida to attend the training. So that's number one, I want to mention to preface. And then at the onset of 2023, you completed more specialized training Mm -hmm. in ketamine assisted psychotherapy. So, and that was in uh, Colorado, one of the largest psychedelic conferences in history. So that is way cool. So everybody is talking about this. As a matter of fact, I was listening to Glennon Doyle, who I don't often listen to, just to be honest, only because I don't have time, not because she's not fantastic, but she was um, also having this conversation. So I'm really excited to have this today. So welcome to the show and thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me and for being open to the topic. Yes. So why don't you just start with your why? Why on God's green earth are you giving yourself more work to do? No, I love it. To help others. Why why have you chosen this special path? 
Yeah. Um, so just a little bit of backstory that helps us get to that answer better. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. So my main focus in my practice is helping people work on relationships. Um, so I meet with a lot of couples. I meet with the occasional family and I do still meet with a lot of individuals. So people find me to talk about relationship concerns. But after we get to know each other a little bit better, oftentimes we find out there's trauma behind some of those difficulties. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the main diagnoses I work with is complex PTSD. So thinking about people who've maybe experienced um, dysfunctional family patterns, so abuse or neglect, um, sexual assault, things like that. Oftentimes people with those types of histories end up having relationship issues later in life. So there's definitely a correlation there. Um, so I've noticed in my work, we can get so far with talk therapy, so we can talk through things and understand feelings and develop empathy and do skill building. And that's all great. But oftentimes my clients hit a wall. And so they're hitting a wall when it comes to dealing with some of that other stuff that they haven't worked through yet or haven't processed yet, oftentimes because they don't have the resources to do so. So trauma um, inhibits our ability to fully get into that traumatic processing, those memories, because it's too overwhelming, people flood, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so in learning about how psychedelics can open us up to working through trauma, to reducing anxiety and depression, um, to connect to self, connect to spirit, all of those sorts of things, it helps break that barrier once people hit a wall in counseling. So mm -hmm. it, it was my own personal experience having these retreats, um, utilizing psychedelics for my own healing, but then also professionally realizing clients are hitting this wall and there's a medicine, there's a tool out there that can help them break through that barrier. Mm. Okay, so now for all of you that watch and listen to the show that are sober like me, and um, being 29 years sober, when I started hearing uh, about this, of course, <laughs> my first thought was, yay, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe I get to be out of my body and my mind for a little while again. And then I thought about like the normal things that somebody who is in recovery would think. Me, my personal um, part of recovery and 12-step recovery has been, you know, absolutely nothing in my body since I was 21 years old and I just turned 51. So for me to hear this, um, I was, ve I'm very open-minded. I am not, I don't have the, the closed mind mentality. And I am a firm believer in anything that works to help somebody feel better about themselves sign me up or sign them up. So I am curious about, um, I almost want this to be like, a, you know, the psychedelics 101, that real mm -hmm. basic understanding of the, you know, there's stigma that's surrounding mental health. And then there's the stigma surrounding psychedelics and ketamine. Yeah. So maybe we could kind of um, open up that conversation a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so ironically, what we're finding is that psychedelics can help with a lot of substance use disorders. And so there there might be different treatment mod modalities that are better for a person, depending on what the disorder is. But a lot of people are finding recovery from substance use disorders through the use of psychedelics. Mm -hmm. So I know it sounds counterintuitive. So let's use a medicine that that has formerly been viewed as a quote unquote drug. Right. Mm -hmm 
in order to work through this, but there's a lot of really good evidence out there that the opposite is actually true. Um, and all of that being said, we're here today to talk about psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy, not mm -hmm. just sure. utilizing psychedelics recreationally, because there is a big difference between the two. Um, yeah. So I think talking about set and setting and the container and including trained professionals in the process is an important part of this conversation. Yeah, so let me now also jump in there and say, that's like the no-brainer to me, right? But thank you for clarifying because I am certainly understanding that this is, I already know this has been very helpful. I've had many conversations with many professionals um, that I believe that this is really, really exciting work and exciting for people who struggle not only with addiction, but um, in relationships with past trauma, with depression, with anxiety, with OCD. There's so many benefits to it. But I, of course, I am only thinking about having professionals around me because it does not work, right? It is just, all right, I'm not going to say it doesn't work. I don't know. I'm not a professional in this, but I am believing that unless you have the right professionals surrounding you, this can be very harmful. So let's talk about the right way versus the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And maybe just leaning into your, I don't know, um, mm -hmm. certainly you can still get molecular benefit from consuming a medicine, mm -hmm. whether it's in a clinical setting or outside of it. Um, but there, there's not as much of that container as I'm talking about for safety and working through things therapeutically. And there's a reason why we buffer the experience before and after with therapy as well. So I think that's what you're wanting to talk right. about, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So, and I'll, I'll just lean into ketamine specifically since that's what's legal mm -hmm. in Florida right now, but this will apply to other substances, substances once they get legalized or FDA approved and all mm -hmm. of that. Um, so true ketamine assisted psychotherapy involves incorporating ketamine into your therapeutic process with clients who are already established. So it's not like someone will come into my office, do an intake, and then the next day we're going in and doing ketamine together. And by that, I mean, joining them. I'm not doing ketamine with clients just to clarify that. Um, so wouldn't it, that be a party? <laughs> I know that, you know, could be a really interesting session, right? Um, yeah, but it'll be a client that I've been working with for some time and kind of like I alluded to in the introductory comment, maybe realizing, okay, we've we've gone down the path long enough that I understand the story. I know what the challenges are. We've tried some other interventions and maybe there's been some success, maybe there hasn't, but we're hitting that wall um, or the client is asking for more of an expedited process, right? So I, I see the road to recovery, if you will, however you want to use that phrase, but it feels really long and I want to get back to functioning. I need to get back to work. I want to have sex with my partner again. I want to stop feeling anxious all the time, all those things. And so exploring ketamine as a potential option for treatment. So it's one of many, it doesn't have to be the only one, um, but there's a good reason why we use it because it does really help lubricate the therapeutic process, if you will. So there's no 
for me, there's no one like magic number of sessions that I meet with clients before pursuing ketamine. Um, so some people might be ready sooner than others. It, we all have to go at the speed of trust. And especially for clients with complex trauma, like I mentioned, it can take a while for them to feel comfortable with a clinician. And the mm -hmm. most important thing is that everybody feels safe enough going into this process and this procedure um, so that we can work through whatever it is there to work through. So I'll meet with clients for talk therapy, we all decide together it might be time to pursue something different. Um, and then they're referred to the psychiatrist that I work with locally. So she does the medical intake. So she does a full psychiatric evaluation, has to assess for any medical conditions or psychiatric conditions that would rule someone out from treatment, and then determines whether or not they're able to move forward. Um, client would schedule with her, so all sessions with the medicine are done on site at her facility, and I can meet them there for integration. So I'll sit with a client if they want me to, and when they come out of their experience, I'm basically a scribe. So I take notes. What did they experience? What did they see? What did they hear? How are they feeling? That sort of thing. And then within the next day or two, we meet for a full therapy session to incorporate that information and decide what to do with it therapeutically. So with ketamine, you're not doing therapy during session and you're really not supposed to right afterwards just because the client's still in a, they're coming out of a non-ordinary state. Um, but we've got a 24 to 48 hour window where the most neuroplasticity after treatment occurs where we can start integrating that content and then carry on with the talk therapy component. So can you tell us a little bit about, without obviously being specific to who the patient is, but some examples yeah. of um, what it's been like, what have you witnessed since starting this treatment? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot that people experience with correcting some of their negative self-talk. Um, so in a journey, you might have an interaction with yourself almost. So you're you're outside of yourself, but talking to yourself and you're able to correct maybe some of those messages that you received maybe early in childhood about not being good enough or um, needing to work harder or not being productive enough. I'm just giving some examples, right? And so you might have some voiceover with yourself to start to work through some of that negative thinking or negative self-talk. Um, a lot of people do work through things that they've experienced in childhood. So it could be a literal experience or interaction with something that happened or more existential, but still working through childhood trauma. Um, a lot of people are having these transpersonal experiences. So something spiritual or interacting with a family member or an animal that's deceased. Um, so it can be as, as profound as that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you might have a lot of cool colors or lights or sound, or you could travel to another country or another galaxy. So there's a lot of different things that happen, right? Um, but those are more of the like the mental health outcomes. Mm -hmm. And then when people are coming out of treatment, there is a definite mood boost. So a lot of people are having alleviation from depression, reduced anxiety, um, intrusive thinking. That's it. That's more in indicative of OCD goes away. People are sleeping better. Those are more of the molecular benefits when you come out of that journey. Hmm. Okay. Wow. I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor, Valley Bank. To know that we have a bank that thinks so much about mental health in the workplace has made me so proud. Valley Bank is my bank for business and has been since the day I opened 10 years ago. 
when I was introduced to them, I was told that I was going to really like everybody that worked for the bank. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out they were right. I like everybody that works there. They are good people, nice people, and they care about others. They care about the community. But the thing I am most proud of is how they are welcoming the conversation about mental health in the workplace into their bank and willing to take that risk and talk about it in our community. Valley Bank is definitely forging the way in business to open up this conversation. If it wasn't for my father's employee assistance program back in the day, 28 years ago, I would not be on this podcast today. It just goes to show when you offer these resources to your company and to your team, miracles can happen. I am one of them. So Valley Bank not only offers an employee assistance program to their staff and their team members, but they also send out these great vitality monthly communications, bi-weekly wellness resources, and they're willing to sponsor a podcast that is about mental health in life and in business. So if you have not connected with Valley Bank, I highly recommend you do. So for those that might be, um, what's the word? Just really unsure of if this is the right modality for them. Because I do know that I've yeah. mentioned this before in certain circles. And the first reaction that I get is, oh, give me a break. <laughs> that really is. That sounds terrible, but that's the truth. Oh, give yeah. me a break. You know, um, psychedelics, I mean, we all know the benefits and, and what the bad things that can really happen. And I really do think that I face the same thing when I talk about something as basic as a non-alcoholic drink. So there, there always seems to be this, um, I start from a place of no, instead of starting from a place of, well, let me learn about this a little bit more sure. and let me open my mind to, um, the benefits and, and the research and the clinical studies that have begun with, you know, John Hopkins years ago, um, that this is not, this isn't something, this isn't, I feel like it's sometimes people have said to me, this sounds very CBD, Sharon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not, I've actually had two people say that to me before. And I think, Wow, it's just such a, a, a ridiculous statement because unless you educate yourself about something, um, to make an opinion like that seems silly, especially when you know that you can really help somebody that has been struggling for mm -hmm. years with depression or OCD or anxiety. So how do, you know, I don't expect you to give me an answer, Melina, to these ridiculous statements that people are giving me, but how do we start to open the the minds and and really encourage people to to find out more like what do you think is so scary for everybody yeah um well i think there's been a lot of messaging historically about the dangers of psychedelics and and there was a lot of research being done about psychedelics that got shut down around the 70s right um so we can get into politics in the historical mm -hmm. context um but just acknowledging that shame does still exist and we hear of these quote unquote bad trips or bad experiences and 
really trying to understand what about that experience made it bad and what about the set and setting wasn't right that maybe led to that, right? Um, so I think one thing I'll say is, yes, sometimes during a journey, you can experience what we might consider something negative or scary. So whether that's literally opening up a past trauma or, um, you know, having something more mystical, like combating a giant spider or something, it's it's not real in the moment, but it can feel real in that experience. Um, reframing that as it's not bad, it's just challenging and sometimes working through or not sometimes, oftentimes, always working mm -hmm. through those challenging emotions becomes what's therapeutic. Um, so it's not you can you can experience all of these magical, nice, wonderful, fluffy things on a journey, which can also be therapeutic, but just because it's not fun or enjoyable doesn't mean that there's not benefit to that. And oftentimes that's exactly what the person needs to be working through. Um, but that's why we advise doing it in a clinical settings as opposed to in the home or maybe, and, I, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but a lot of IV clinics are, are jumping on the ketamine train, right? And I'm assuming it's well-intentioned. Everybody wants to help. Um, but when you go to these settings where there's not a trained psychiatrist or a therapist on staff who is able to assist if something challenging does come up, I think that's where people are having these big experiences, challenging experiences. They don't have the support around it. They don't know what to do with that. And then it's just a like, oh no, I can't go back there. I don't want to deal with that again. That was too hard sort of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're already in therapy, doing the prep work, you have trained clinicians on site with you who can help with that. And then you have someone to process those challenges afterwards. I think that helps put a reframe on what may or may not have been actually a bad experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the screening is important too. So we wouldn't ever want to give someone who's actively manic or actively psychotic ketamine um, that that's something that's um, counterintuitive, right? Um, or contraindicated, I'm sorry, that's the word I was looking for. But maybe if someone used psychedelics on their own and had one of those mental states, that could have led to maybe one of those quote unquote bad experiences. Mm, yeah, definitely do your research, everybody. We, we definitely um, are firm believers here on the Broken Road to Mental Health to do your research and ask questions. You know, if you feel uncomfortable about it, ask questions. I know that a lot of people feel, uh, I, I mean, I was just interviewing a psychologist from Boston and we were talking about anxiety and I was sharing with him how comforting it is when you can hear the professional not always be so buttoned up and talk about, you know, some of the uncomfortable experiences. And I know that you have shared before about you have had these treatments yourself. And I think that's so powerful because how can we even, how can we even say, Hey, this is really beneficial when we've actually not had it ourselves. Can, so do you, can you share a little bit about your own experience and, and if it was beneficial or not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think this is such a unique type of therapy that I, I can't imagine utilizing psychedelic assisted psychotherapy without having my own journeys. And mm -hmm. that's not, that's not just me, you know, having fun, trying a bunch of different medicines and that sort of thing. <laughs> it's it, you really have to know what it's like to be in a non-ordinary state and then to integrate that information afterwards in order to know how to help clients because yeah, like Melina's not sitting at home, popping different pills to see which one works best. Everybody. <laughs> no, right. Uh, 
So, yeah. So um, my my first major experience was with that Costa Rica retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, So we participated in a psilocybin healing ceremony and it was led by a local shaman and a Florida based LMHC that was running the CEU retreat. Um, So we had the helping professionals on hand um, and it was definitely one of the most profound things I've experienced. Um, So it was it was that entrance into psychedelics personally that really confirmed it was something that I wanted to do professionally. Um, So that year, you know, I had been working through some of my own complex grief and I was going to talk therapy by the way, therapists go to therapy and they should be for the record. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And so like a lot of my clients, you know, I was showing up doing the work. So was my therapist. It's not like she was a bad therapist or I was a bad client, but I was running into a wall as well. So I couldn't get out of, you know, this, this one way of thinking about something because that's what my brain knew how to do. Um, So we all have this default mode network. We get stuck in our patterns of thinking um, and without the neuroplasticity of childhood, it's really hard to have different perspectives, view things differently and work through things that are difficult. Um, so through the process of that psilocybin healing ceremony, I was able to to break those barriers. Um, so I saw some of my own depression go away, some of my own anxiety go away, and I was able to work through some of that complex grief in a way that I wasn't able to access through talk therapy. Um, and it wasn't until I came home from Costa Rica, sat down with my therapist again, that she said, her and I both said like, wow, this is the first time we've really had a full conversation about what's been going on for you. Um, So I I just wasn't able to get out of this rut that I was in. And it was through that neuroplasticity of the psilocybin that I could say before I thought it was only A, but now I know there's A, B, C, and then I got a little bit of F and then M might also be an option. And so I know how to get through this now. I can work through this. Everything's going to be okay sort of thing. Yeah. So beautiful. I love hearing that. I love nothing more than the word ceremony. And if you've never been a part of a ceremony, everybody, it's time. This is, you know, we're walking into 2024. And to hear uh, about all these different healing modalities with shamans and ketamine and psilocybin, you know, there's nothing to fear as long as you have the right support around you and the right professionals around you. Um, I'm, I'm so excited about what you're doing. So you are now um, currently partnering with local practitioners to offer the ketamine assisted psychotherapy for established clients. I mean, yep. I know I've been in Melina's beautiful office. It's, it's very soothing and very lovely. And I promise when you walk in, there's not strobe lights about getting hooked up to some <laughs> ketamine. <laughs> She's not a ketamine pusher by any means, but um, knowing that there is this opportunity for people to heal and, and not have to wait, you know, like we are, are, we're just getting better through these generations and hopefully we're breaking some of that generational trauma and we have resources today. Thank goodness. Um, and I know that uh, being a part of counselors, Cocktails for counselors. I usually say it backwards because I'm not drinking any cocktails. Um, It's been so beautiful to witness everybody bringing their medicine to each other and, and talking about how we can really help and heal ourselves and then, you know, heal others along with it. So, and you're located in Safety Harbor, correct? 
I am. Yeah. So I'm just one block from Main Street in Safety Harbor. I'm in on the back end of Mojo Massage. So I have a private entrance to my office. So it's a fully private suite um, for clients who want more confidentiality. Um, but it's nice that it opens up to this other healing space as well. So she's my business companion, if you will. And she does things like massage and Reiki and acupuncture and sound bowls and all of that. Yeah. We need all the things, especially in the world that we are living in to, you know, continue talking about what's going on in our lives and, and helping each other get through it. So is there anything else that you want to leave the audience with before we go today? Um, I think that it's really important that we're having conversations around all the different modalities that can help us heal. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I think the one thing I'm feeling excited about right now is I'm literally right in the middle of an MDMA assisted psychotherapy training. Um, so I can't make any promises or say for sure, but we're anticipating FDA approval for MDMA use um, for treating PTSD specifically sometime next year. Can you just um, explain so to the audience what MDMA is? Yeah. I mean, MDMA is is the party drug from back in the day. It's a right. fun little pill. Oftentimes people like to use it to dance or connect to others. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been extensive research done on utilizing MDMA specifically for PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very involved process. So it's an eight hour therapy session with two clinicians. That's how they did it in the research setting. We'll see how it applies to the real world, if you will. Um, but I actually, I have a, a statistic that I can read just because Ooh, I think yes. it's powerful. Um, so this was just published in Nature Medicine magazine. So the phase three results. Um, so they're looking at a placebo group. So people who quote unquote just went through talk therapy versus people who went through the whole MDMA protocol. Everyone originally met diagnostic criteria for PTSD. At the end of the study, 32% of the placebo group were in full remission excuse me, so no longer met diagnostic criteria for PTSD, the folks in the MDMA group, 67%. Wow. Um, so that that's huge to yeah. say the um, And to, to just walk out the door and no longer have symptoms of PTSD, I think is going to be life-changing for so many people. So just to be a part of this, even if it ends up being just the education, is, is life-changing and profound for me. Um, but to think about being one of the first clinicians out of the gate to be able to offer this service, especially in Florida, um, I'm definitely excited about. So, yeah, yeah. I'm excited too. That is amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. How many healed people there will be out in this world if this goes through? Let's do this, FDA. Come on. All right. Well, <laughs> I appreciate you being here today. I'm so excited about everything that you offer. Um, there's hope for you out there today if you're struggling. Um, if you're not talking to somebody about what's going on inside, it will be very difficult to get to the other side. So asking for help is, is, um, certainly not something to be ashamed of. Uh, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay not to be okay today, everybody. So thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. You too. Don't forget to check out Valley Bank for all your banking needs. They are supporting mental health in the workplace and beyond. Thank you, Valley.